All right, back in the saddle, live streaming the Big Ticket Life Show. We've got, uh, as I always like to say when I get the throwdown with another Jeff, we've got a Jeff Squared episode today. So Jeff Christian is my guest and, you know, um, definitely doing life and business on his terms. We're going to talk about a lot of cool stuff. Jeff, welcome to the show, man. Appreciate you being here. Uh, thanks a lot, Jeff. Such a cool introduction. I mean, I'm hyped. I'm, I played college basketball at the University of San Francisco. And when you're in the locker room, kind of getting ready to come out, you just got that little bit of a bounce and you just got yep. me bouncing over here. I'm hyped for the That's show. Good. So thanks. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, me too. And thank you again for being here. Um, you're welcome. And, you know, that's uh, that's my cue to say that intro made great by Cast Ahead Productions. Chris is my amazing partner here uh, and producer of the show. So just get that out of the way right out of the gate because, yeah, it is pretty awesome. And, you know, um, I always love how that intro ends with talking about stepping into your superpower. You know, you're somebody that strives to check email once a day in a one-hour window and stick to it. You said something in the pre-show about that's where my best energy is focused. That's where my energy is spent on. And if I'm being transparent with everybody, you know, last week I had a little roadblock in releasing my book because I kind of got stuck in my own way, not focusing my energy where it truly belongs. And uh, glad to say past those obstacles now, but why don't we kick off there? Like stepping into that superpower of focusing where your energy is at and maybe even understanding what your best energy is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I'm, I'm a routine guy and I get up at 559, uh, have my clothes ready to roll and get up, have a athletic greens kind of water, uh, get me going. And then I hit the road and, and I walk and I, I was telling you, you know, before the show, my body's beat up a little bit. So I have to do the things that I need to do to allow me to focus my energy where it needs to be. And so the first thing is just get up and move. Uh, my body is full arthritis. So I stretch and get out uh, and hit the road. Uh, and then I come back and I start journaling, have a cup of coffee, getting my thoughts right. Uh, and then I like to read something inspiring or something where I'm gaining some knowledge. Uh, and then I'll, you know, get into the rest of my day, but I don't want to be distracted, you know? And so I, I told you again before that I have a few health challenges. And so I really, at this point in my life, I'm 54 now. I really don't have the margin that I did when I had better health to be able to allow my energy to get used in ways that aren't going to allow me to serve people. And so I'm just, yeah, I try and really focus on, hey, where does my energy go? And not to sound crazy, but what is worthy of my energy and what's going to be my return on that investment of energy? Because I told you I have an aortic root aneurysm and we can all you know, be gone at, at any time. But that's been such a blessing for me because I feel like I have a ticking time bomb literally in my chest that could go off at any second. And so I just try and stay in that space of, am I using my time wisely? And so part of that is creating that routine that I was talking about. Yeah. No, I love that. You know, it's so many of my guests describe a routine in the morning and there's common threads and it always puts a smile on my face because I put together for one of the one of the coaching groups and I did a deeper dive on it last week on the Tuesday show, which happened to be July 4th. So it was a pre-recorded episode. But 
my coaching group, Battlefield Alliance, we've got what we call the daily battle plan. I'm showing it here on the screen and, you know, kicking off every day. It's about movement. It's about journaling. It's about gratitude. It's about reading something inspiring. And it's like you start habit stacking those things. You just, that, that energy in your life is pretty tremendous. Um, you know, talking about your nursing career, uh, you, you reminded me of something a dear friend of mine who's an anesthesiologist shared with me about his time in ICU because he spends a decent amount of his week uh, in our in the hospital he works at in their ICU. And, you know, this, this is, I think this drives home the point about energy, what I'm going to say and what he shared with me. He says, you know, I don't get paid for what I do. I get paid for the memories I'm left with. Mm. Meaning there was good times where he's able to save somebody, but more often than not, as you said, there's those times where you wish, uh, you wish more could have been said in that person's life between loved ones and the person you're with. How do you take that? Let's go a little deeper on taking that statement about, I get paid for the memories mm. I'm left with yeah. to translate oh. into where you focus your energy. Yeah, no, that's so deep. And so it took me, you know, two years to be able to leave the double door. So I worked in the trauma ICU at a level one trauma center, take care of people, shot, stab, really bad cracks. And it's just surrounded by death. And I started working there when I was 23 years old. And it took me two years to be able to deal with those memories. Because when I would leave those doors, I'm thinking, when am I going to get shot? When is my family going to get in a bad car accident? When is something going to happen to us? And so it, I'm not going to lie. Yeah, I was a mess during, during that time. I didn't know how to deal and focus my energy and those thoughts that were coming. Um, and it just something that took practice and to get more experience and then to be able to learn to as soon as I heard those doors closed to be able to leave that behind and then be able to start to focus my energy on where it needs to go. But that's something that, that I don't think you can just work on that and say, all right, I'm going to be better at that, you know, right now. That's something where you just have to let those memories, yeah. those feelings, those emotions marinate on your heart and then have it mean something and, and bother you to say, all right, I got to start taking action to, to deal with this. Otherwise it's going to eat you up, you know, and that's the challenge now in, in our profession, you know, is, is COVID the, the amount of burnout is just uh, so tough because everybody's been in that space and those memories they're left with are just painful uh, and, and so challenging. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you said something that I think if people weren't really tuned in in the moment, they may have missed. And it's that, you know, it took two years for you to realize, you know, you're not that person on the, on the operating table. Um, you, in other words, the inputs of the environment, the tragedies that obviously you were a part of in the, in the OR, that input into your mind began to frame your thoughts about yourself, about your family. And I'm venturing a guess that for the most part, you're not the type of person, nor is your family or your friend, the type of person who is 
conducting themselves in environments where they might get shot, where they might get stabbed, where they might get into a nasty fist fight or, you know, be uh, acting in a way in which a car accident is more likely than just the simple accident nature of car accident. Is that a fair statement? Correct. Yeah. And so what I feel some people may have missed is that lesson of trying as best we can to control those inputs into our mind because it quickly reframes the subconscious into those conscious actions, doesn't it? For sure. Yeah. And I totally agree with everything that you're saying, but that's uh, always not, it's such a challenging thing to, to do, to allow yourself to get into that space and to reprogram, you know, especially when you're young, like I was at that time. And in every single day that you come in, there was someone new that, uh, for the most part, you know, it's about half and half, but for the, for the most part, you know, it'd be a family coming home from Tahoe, you know, skiing and, Unfortunately, somebody not paying attention or drinking, uh, and that family got in an awful accident, you know, and so yeah. it, it, it was challenging. You know, I, I worked in the pediatric ICU. I love to learn in that, in my nursing career. So I got cross trained to work a bunch of different places and having kids and taking care of kids who are fighting for their life. Yeah. It was so difficult to make that transition. Like you're talking about to not allow your brain to go there. Um, but at the same time, and I'm going to contradict myself here a little bit, Jeff, you know, I think that's what made nursing something that I just loved each and every day is, and it's this fine line of being there with the family and the patient and being all in, you know, and experiencing the heartache, the joy, the sadness, everything that they go through, but also on the same time being professional and being able to take that emotion yeah. and all those feelings and let it alter the care that you're providing. And so, uh, yeah, I think I did okay with that. But there's so many times I'm crying right there with the patients and families. And maybe some people say, oh, that's not, you know, professional, but I uh, always, human. Looked, yeah, I always looked at, at the patients that I took care of. That's my brother. That's my sister. That's my mom. That's my dad. And I wanted you know, when you're taking care of people at the worst time of their life, I wanted that family to be able to go home and rest and know that this nurse has my back. This nurse cares about my loved one in that bed. And so now they can go home and go to sleep. Mm. Yeah, that's a definite human experience right there. What you just shared for sure. And so, you know, I always try to focus in for people watching and people listening. And if you happen to catch this, by the way, on just audio, just know that we do stream the show live every Tuesday at noon. So you should check it out. We're on YouTube, we're on Facebook, we're on LinkedIn, and pretty much any place that plays a video, you can check it out. And I'd encourage you to do so because we all know we learn more, we absorb more through multiple sensory aspects. So you get to listen, you get to see, you know, um, so you get double the sensory approach and, and input, positive input during this hour together. So I just encourage you to do that because you do pick up, you pick up the body language, you pick up the tonality differently. But, you know, translating your past career into the workplace, right? Because we call this show Building Strong Teams, right? You know, you you said you walked that thin line. And man, I would say that was like a razor thin line, wasn't it? 
of mm-hmm. professionalism and human humanism. For sure. Yeah. And that's what's, you know, I don't want to fast forward, but that's what walking that line has been the reason for the work that I do now, you know, of, of knowing that it is a, a fine line, but knowing that's where life happens. That's where you just feel everything that makes us feel alive uh, and yep. where you, you find the passion to be able to take action towards trying to make this world just a little bit better. And so I love, I love uh, uh, being blessed to be able to have walked that, that line for 29 years. Yeah, I love that. So tell us about the professional, you know, tell us about that work you're doing now. So you retired from the nursing. Yeah, you're, you're not doing basketball coaching anymore. We'll maybe dig into that because that's a cool part of your story. But tell us about yeah. the work that you're doing now. Yeah, so this is actually my second nonprofit that I've started. Uh, the first one was called Children Deserve the Best Foundation, where I used basketball, which has been a big part of my life. You can't tell, but I'm 6'8", uh, and played basketball since probably the fourth grade or so, and had the good fortune of getting a scholarship to the University of San Francisco. Uh, and so I used basketball as a way to teach about life. Uh, and then uh, I got into coaching, was a high school, college, and professional basketball coach, did that for 25 years. And back to kind of how we started this show, Jeff, of putting my energy into the right space. Yeah, I just don't think I have the bandwidth anymore. I wish I could. Um, and I've been blessed to be able to do three or four things kind of all at the same time throughout my career. But I just don't think I have the same energy to do all those things. And I really want to focus everything I have on my nonprofit and giving back and serving people to help us make sense uh, of life. And so that's what we do. So, you know, the nonprofit is called C4 Leaders. And I, right before COVID, decided to change my focus and use pizza to help us make sense of life. And so uh, there's this company, Forno Piombo, out of Napa, California, an Italian uh, father and son company who built uh, the most amazing and beautiful piece of art that's on the back of my pizza truck. And we bring the table to the people that we're blessed to serve. And so, yeah, we use pizza. Yeah. To help uh, make sense uh, of life and and what's going on. That's one aspect. Uh, We write children's books. uh, And uh, I have two of them that are out now. And I have three more coming. Uh, And then we have a podcast as well well called Life's Essential Ingredients. So those are kind of the three pillars of the nonprofit. Yeah. Love it. You know, I've got a good friend of mine, um, Patrick Bolaños, who uh, builds food trucks. And so it's always cool to see the stories he tells of his food truck owners. And he's, he's built a very great name for himself because he makes a fantastic product. And, you know, he'll do the trailers. He'll do the, um, you know, like the former or I guess new ordered like bread delivery trucks turned food truck. Um, so yours is, is this pizza often on right on the back of the pickup truck or do you pull it? No, it's on the back of the truck. And so we just roll with it. And uh, yeah, it's just so cool. So it's just, yeah, it's it's been a a community project to where uh, I found a table on Facebook and uh, put that on the side of the truck. And then Webb's Welding here in Vacaville drilled some holes and cut the legs and made it work. Uh, My neighbor put on some flaps who has a trucking company. Um, my favorite part of the truck, my wife to hold my pizza peel 
got a, a drink cup holder that you kind of screw on to a truck. We put that on the side of the truck and then that's what holds the pizza peel. And uh, it's a beautiful, <laughs> beautiful truck, but nice. that's the favorite piece because it's just like she found a way to take something that was used for something else and to put it there. And it's the simplest thing. It's probably like 99 cents. And, and it's just the coolest thing just to put on there and then have that uh, be right there. And uh, it's just, it, it's just so much fun to take that truck on the road and then to have people come up and be able to have everything that you need right there uh, to make pizzas. And we've, our record right now is we've made 367 pizzas uh, for St. Lucie's uh, Paris School down in Campbell. That's the most we've made and turned out uh, in one time. So, so walk me through this. So you got this pizza truck. It's part of your C4 Leaders program, which is a nonprofit. So if I'm, if I'm reading the tea leaves or the, or the pizza cheese, I should maybe more appropriately say. Um, and by the way, I had pizza for lunch today. I figured, <laughs> you know what? I'm going to do that as I warm up for our show. So if I'm reading the pizza cheese, the pizza truck shows up and the proceeds raised from making the pizza go to the charity. Yeah, we're so we're a 501c3, which is a nonprofit designated through the IRS. The cool thing about our nonprofit is we are 100% volunteer driven, meaning I don't take one penny for any of the work that I do. I have a whole, I call them the C4 crew. Uh, we just did uh, a little fundraiser this last Saturday. We had about 15 of us uh, that were there. Everybody's there for one reason and one reason only, and that's just to give of their heart and to serve others. And so we do charge money uh, for sure, um, but that money goes towards doing events for free, uh, kicking out a bunch of books uh, for free. I was telling you before the show started, we're starting this pizza with purpose. Really excited about this movement where we're going to honor one person in each state. So reach out to me, Jeff at C4 Leaders, if you want us to bring the truck to you. Uh, I would love to get that coordinated with you. And what we'll do, roll the truck to whatever state you're in, come out, make the pizza and do some really cool, deep kind of work on helping us just kind of be seen, heard and loved. And we usually pick one person to honor uh, during that time. And we did our first one in California last month and it was incredible. Uh, such great emotions that we've been talking about. So much joy, so much laughter, definitely some tears. Um, but it just, you knew that you were alive. Uh, and so that's, yeah. that's again, what I want to put my energy into. Love it. Can you, can you share who that person was that you got to honor there in California? Yeah, I won't give any names. It was a young man who, who unfortunately was diagnosed with an aggressive form of MS. And mm. we just met, uh, on, on Facebook. We're trying to, um, grow some of our own vegetables uh, at my house. And he was selling um, a planter box and he saw the pizza truck and he's like, oh man, I, I love pizza, but I don't eat it anymore. Uh, and I said, how come? You know, do you have celiac disease? I'll know I have, you know, MS. And, uh, and then we talked a little bit more and then kind of let him go. And then I reached out to him later on and said, hey, I would love to just get your friends and family together and just have a day where we just kind of love on you. You know, not to sound too corny, however, that comes across to the listeners, but that is what we do. Uh, we yep. want people to just open up their heart and to feel love and to be able to receive that love. You know, and the highlight of, of this pizza with purpose is we have these rounds that normally we would serve the pizza on. And we just have, we took 
probably about 20 minutes where it was a simple cue of, hey, just sit there, decorate. So I had pens and pencils and crayons. And I want you to share one ingredient that is essential that you and the, the honoree have shared and that he can take and look at and gain strength from and encouragement and have his heart full. And so everybody decorated their round and then one by one went up and delivered that round to him and embraced and just felt the love and shared mm. that space, even though it was just for one day. But I guarantee he's carrying that and, I, and I'm carrying it uh, to this day. Uh, yeah. And it was just a, a magical, magical day. That's very cool. Yeah, it's so funny how we get put together in this universe and with people. Um, so much thematically of what we're talking about is in my book that I'm authoring right now. Uh, and it's about, you know, bringing people in, about finding that healing together as a leader and really extracting that opportunity to help others heal, which sounds like a big focus of what you're doing. Um, you know, a subset of that is my wife has MS. So when you said that, and she's been, she's been battling that now for 22 years. And, you know, thankfully the therapies have helped. Uh, so I'm sorry for that young man because I've seen for two decades plus the, the symptoms and the pain. And it's one of those rough diseases that sits there for a long time. And a lot of you would never think somebody has this disease, but they do. And sometimes just sitting there in their own clothes is painful. Um, yeah. So, yeah. But I'm glad you got to love on that young man for sure. And, yeah. uh, and give him a great day. So, uh, C4, you've got four C's, um, within that, uh, acronym, I guess you could say, or, or a moniker. Uh, let's dig into that. Yeah. Yeah. So those four C's are how I live my life. And C4, as you know, is an explosive, is powerful. And so the first one is communication. And, and I define communication as listening with an empathetic ear with the intent of serving others. And I've been blessed, Jeff. I grew up in, uh, Campbell, California, and I have eight brothers and sisters, all within 11 years difference, under 11 years. And I don't know how my mom did it. And my dad was a great man, um, but he was an alcoholic. And so mom is definitely the one that, that raised us. And she's the one that, that gave me clarity on my definition of communication. And again, I do leadership development. You know, and I think a lot of times we get it twisted and we think the leader's got to be the one that is the one that has the words coming out of their mouth. But I think a true leader is one that can just sit back and listen and think, how can I serve the people that I'm blessed to work with on each and every day? And so my mom somehow, uh, I don't know again how she did it, but the world stopped when there was issues going on at home and she would make each of us feel like an only child. And just sit there and listen. Uh, and so that's the first seat. Uh, the second one, chemistry. And I define that as developing trust in yourself to bring and receive value from the connections in your life. And that's all, all of our relationships. That's what we're doing. That's what we're doing right now. It's what the listeners are doing. They're figuring out, hey, how can I apply some of this stuff into my life? Uh, the third C, consistency. And I mean two things with that. And, and I don't swear, but this is the one word that I will drop. B-T-A. You want to be good at the podcast like you are 
Uh, I want to be good at making pizza or coaching. I got a BT. I got to bust that ass and I got to put my energy exactly where it needs to go. On the flip side of that, the other part of consistency that I mean is to consistently challenge your thoughts and perspectives to the point of vulnerability. And I think when we enter into that space and my arms are out to my side, which you can't all the way see, you allow yourself to not have to be perfect, to be able to make mistakes and learn from them and to just let life happen. And in doing so, you empower yourself and others, which leads to the last C, which is creativity. And that's overcoming fear to be willing to share your gift. And each and every one of us has a gift to share. And it's on you, Jeff. It's on me. It's on Chris, who's producing the show. It's on all the listeners to be able to tap into their gift and end up also be able to help others tap into their gift and share that with the world. And so that's, uh, yeah, that's what we're, that's what we're focused on. And so when we're doing this work, it's about bringing those four C's to life. And now I just happen to use, you know, pizza. Uh, to kind of get those essential ingredients, so to say, that are going to nurture our heart and soul uh, to the table. Love all of what you just said there. Um, just making one note because I want to circle back to it. Um, I want to circle back to how you've connected this all to pizza, but let's let's unpack two statements out of those four C's, and it's not that any other two were any less than the other, but. Um, your mother's ability to listen and make you feel important and in, in, a, in a room of just her and you with seven other siblings uh, being around and a spouse that had their own uh, uh, own issues with alcoholism, um, that listen with the intent to serve others. I love how you say that. You know, um, I try to make myself listen, not to respond, which I think so many do. They, they ask, yeah, people ask a question, they make a statement in order to build their case or their point or win the moment, right? And that sounds all very argumentative. And, and even if you're not doing that, often people will speak simply to speak and then retort, whether that's a positive or negative way. But that listen with the intent to serve others. Was there a moment where you realized that's what your mother was doing? Um, let's drill into that a little more. Oh, that's a for powerful sure. skill. Yeah, for sure. And um, definitely uh, there's a, a little story and I'll try and cut it down, but uh, we had all of our needs met for sure. Uh, my dad was a firefighter and um, yeah, we had all of our needs met, but didn't grow up with a whole bunch of money, you know? And so, and I used to love these cinnamon bears, those little candy cinnamon bears. I had terrible sweet tooth and I wanted some of them babies and, and didn't, didn't have the money. And I'm a little guy. I'm probably about seven years old. And so I go up to the prune yard in Campbell and they had those wishing wells where people would throw in the money. And uh, all these coins are so uh, shiny. And, and I was like, oh man, I'm going to go in there and, and get some of them. And so I go, uh, roll up my pants, get in the water, and I'm just filling up my pockets with all these coins. And I bring them back and kind of put them on the table. And mom comes in and She's like, hey, where'd you get those? And oh, I said, I got them up at the prune yard, you know, and out of the water. And she just looks at me and just says, go put them back. So I load up my pockets, go put them back, come back. She says, all right, hey, let's talk. And, uh, and I got it. Well, you know, 
what's going on? She said, well, you know what you did was wrong. And I said, I do now, you know, and, and I'm, a, I'm just thinking, I'm, I'm just focused on the cinnamon bears. And, and she says, hey, obviously those coins were shiny. And, and so I want you to remember a couple of things. One, a genuine smile is money. And uh, she just gave me the most biggest, beautiful smile. And then she says, you know, I kind of want you, instead of collecting these coins, I want you to collect what is it inside people that, that makes them shine. And it's just kind of during that time where she just, the world stopped, you know, and she just taught me how to, how to really listen and be, you know, and that's what we're talking about. And you said, win the moment, you know, and I, and I wrote down, we'll just be. You know, and I'm trying to stay in, in that space of just being and, and just being is not easy, you know, because we have so much going on, uh, all the time, but I'm trying to practice it, getting better at that and thinking back to my mom and how she was able to just be. And I couldn't even imagine her life with all the crazy chaos that was going on within, uh, uh, our family. And, but she just did it. And so, yeah, that'd probably be, you know, on the spot of, one of the moments that was key for me uh, in just learning how to just listen from from my mom. Yeah, powerful man, love that. Do you still do you still like those uh, center bears? I haven't, I haven't had them, but oh yeah, uh, I'm sure if someone uh, uh, was having some. Uh, I would uh, I would want to partake. But uh, yeah, no, those were good. You know what I'm talking about? Those cinnamon bears or not? You know, I don't, and yes. you know, you can you can maybe tell I'm a gentleman that should know what a cinnamon bear is, but <laughs> by my stature, but uh, uh, no. So, like, was it like a just like a, what they were? Yeah, just a little candy that was a soft candy and tastes like cinnamon, and was just in the shape okay. of a bear. You got them in the bins at Longs. Uh, yeah, there we go. Uh, exactly. That's uh, okay. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that's <laughs> <Nice>, Chris. <laughs> Love it. Well, gummy bears are my jam. Okay, man, I love gummy bears. I'll get a sugar-free Rita's Italian ice, but then I just have to put gummy bears in it. (laughs) And there's something about how they get a little hard because they're in that shaved ice, Italian water ice. But man, gummy bears are my jam for sure. Um, I love it. I also liked how you said, challenge yourself to the point of vulnerability. Why don't you expand on that a little bit? Yeah. And, uh, not to sound sexist and, and I don't know if I've taken heat for, for that definition, you know, over the years, but it just gets back into the, it's probably the reason why I define it that way is probably from my role as a nurse, you know, of just being in that vulnerable state of taking care of people. And then on the flip side, the patient, you know, being vulnerable. Uh, and so I think for me, Allowing myself to get there is actually jump to the end of the definition is empowering. But is that something that's easy to do? Not even close. You know, it takes years and years and years of work and mindfulness to try to not have to be right. Uh, and, and to use your words, Jeff, to, to win the moment. You know, wh- what do we really win it? You know, at the end of the day, when our time comes for us all, to go upstairs, you know, we ain't worried about winning. We're, we're worried about connection. We're, we're worried about learning, about growing, about sharing, about loving, about experiencing all that life has to offer. The only way to experience that is to be vulnerable. 
You know, otherwise you just don't get, you won't ever get in. You won't enter that space. You won't come to the table, so to say, to be served. You'll be standing back and be like, oh man, that kind of, I would like to, to be vulnerable to get into that space, but you won't enter it, you know? And so that's what I love the work that we do in a safe, fun way. We allow those walls to kind of those barriers to break down and allow people to enter that space to be able to experience life. And, and when they do, their life is changed. And then they get that empowering feeling of like, okay, I want some more of that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I got I to gotta pause here. It, 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 it's so funny and I want people to hear this. And maybe you can uh, pick up on this and, and tell me how you feel. I, you know, I believe in a higher being, right? I believe I'm a, I, have, I have faith. I don't have religion, so to say. Um, the last 48 hours, well, no, 72 hours about this book for me have been affirmative, have been affirmed that this book is in the right place and time for me to produce. And last week I was really questioning that, not because I didn't think it was the right story, not because I didn't think it was the right message, because my energy got wrapped up in edits and in proofreading and in things like that. And you shared just before I picked up about being at the table. And, um, I literally last night posted about how when things get on my plate for too long, it bogs me down because it's not where my energy is, not where my creativity belongs. It's not where my focus belongs. And I equated it to everybody eats around me because I share the work, but I also share the reward and the glory and the win, right? I don't want to, who wants to arrive at the finish line alone? And, um, and so I just realized over the weekend through a few conversations that continued Saturday, Sunday, a couple yesterday, and now yours today, that this ain't just coincidental, this life. I think that's actually the saddest way to live. If you just think it's all happenstance, I think, mm. I think that's problematic. And you can, and as long as we can agree, and, and we don't have to agree, but I would challenge for everyone to agree that it's just more than coincidental. And that's even through the worst of the worst things. And you've seen those worst of the worst things, right? For sure. Um, for sure. So maybe, so maybe I inspired some thoughts there. Maybe not, but I'll allow you to pick up. Yeah. No, I love. And first of all, congrats, you know, for having the courage to enter that space, to put what's on your heart, uh, on your mind, and in just the, the fabric of who you are down on paper. You know, I think a lot of people want to write a book, want to share their story, but don't ever create the margin to allow them to be able to take action towards doing it. And it sounds like you're ready to kind of come and deliver the, the end product and have come to the place where, yeah, this is, this is what I mean. This is what I want to share. And this is the direction that I'm going. And I would call that with my C4 stuff an LTF, lighten the fuse. You know, that fuse is lit and you have taken it. And LTF, lighten the fuse is about taking action, you know, and, and committing to something and to relate this back to the pizza a little bit. I love yeah. the, the process of getting ready the preparation that nobody else sees because I get there before everybody because you got to get the temperature right. But in building the fire, 
getting the wood just right, making sure you selected the right wood, have it the right size, putting it inside the oven, and then what I would say, lighten the fuse, lighten that fire. There's no turning back. Once that fire is lit, it's lit. And I'm committed to that fire and to that space and then hopefully getting the heat right. And, and I would say for you, there's no turning back. You know, that, that fuse is lit. That book is ready to come out. You've got your final edits. Uh, and hopefully you feel really good about it. Um, and there'll be things, you know, not to shake you up, you know, of, of writing to simple children's books, but there'll be things that you would like to edit. Um, but those are things that you just edit. That's what's cool. We're still here to, to be blessed to, to live another day. It might be on the paper the way that I didn't want to come out and I missed that one, but hey, I'm just going to, I'm going to edit that one, you know, and, and life goes on. You know, it's, it's so funny. You would say it that way. Uh, have you ever read the book Life is Tremendous by Charlie Tremendous Jones? No, I'm writing it down because I love to read read read. this one. Yeah. So it's, it's not a long book. It's a, it's a little short book. Probably you, you'd probably read it. Um, you, you probably could be able to go through it about a half hour to an hour. My Mm -hmm. guess is you probably, read, skim, move through books pretty fast. I love books. Yes. Yeah. So uh, I bring that up because I had the pleasure of having Charlie's past 15 years ago, but Charlie is what they call a seminal author. So that book has been in print selling every year since 1967. And so I love like the bedrock material of any subject or issue or opportunity. Like I like starting there. Because if you start there on any one thing in life with the bedrock, you know, information, problem, or opportunity makes everything a lot clearer, in my opinion. So I love books like that. But it's been in print for 50 years. And I learned yesterday that it's called a seminal, seminal authorship or seminal thinker when a book has a very special achievement. But I share it because his daughter said to me, you know, the beautiful thing about books today is you have, and this was one of those affirming conversations yesterday, is that it's just, it's just digital files. It's KD, it's Kindle Direct Print Publishing, KDP. And, and I'm like, I said to myself, I'm like, you idiot. You knew that. You knew that. You know, it is just that. So what if it's not perfect? What is perfect? Mm. You know, and, um, you know, to me, the lessons will be the perfection, not the layout, not the type font, not type font. Geez, the font style, type font. We're not, we're not Gutenberging this thing. We're printing it. <laughs> but you know what I mean. Um, oh, yeah. So, so it's just so funny. You would say again that you would say that, but I would definitely check out that book. Life is tremendous. And it's so funny because I picked that book up Friday and mm-hmm. put it back to my next stack. I have a whole little system for what I read when I read it why I read it, et cetera, and it recycled to the top. Um, but this process of making pizza, it, I mean, it, there is so much to connect to from a, you know, it, it, I'm trying to say analogous, but that's not the right way to say the word. There's so many analogies to success in life and, and what we do and why we do it. Um, so where'd the love of pizza come from for you? Yeah, that's, you just I didn't know it's good. Yeah, it's, it's kind of funny. I, I, I didn't know anything about pizza a few years ago before I started this other than I love to eat it. And, yeah. uh, and so we've, 
I'll try and cut the the story down as quick as I can here, but we've hosted uh, three and a half students from Rotary uh, International, Rotary Youth Exchange. Uh, I love that if there's any Rotarians, listen, thank you for all the work that you do. Uh, and their motto, I just love, is service above self. But we've hosted students, uh, one from Switzerland, France, uh, kind of sort of Italy, and then Colombia. And we got to go visit the, the student in Italy, Switzerland, and France. And I was just taken back by how in Europe, they really just celebrate each other through their mealtime. And I'm talking four, five, six hours of just sitting at the table and embracing life and just enjoying each other. And uh, I was there obviously with my family and I have two daughters and a beautiful wife. And I said, you know what I want to do? And we've always had family dinner. Um, even, you know, I got the, the good fortune of coaching my kids you know, throughout high school and one of them even in college. And we might have dinner at, at four o'clock, you know, if we had a game on the road, you know, at seven, mm-hmm. but we always valued that time. But this just took it to such the, the next level. And I said, I want to get home and we're going to change this and, and, and make it different and slow things down even more. And so I just started researching, Hey, where can I find one of these? And I live 20 minutes from Napa. They're making them right there and they ship them all over the world. And it's right here in my backyard. And so I go out there, talk to them. And, uh, and I was like, Hey, I want to, I want to put this on, on the back of a truck because I want to change my nonprofit and focus on bringing the table to people. And they're like, hey, we've never done that before. And I said, all right, well, let me talk to some people and let's figure out. So I go to Webb's Welding uh, in Vacaville here. And I say, hey, here's my idea. Uh, here's this truck that I want to get. Can we weld this oven you know, underneath here? Uh, and then they'll build it uh, in Napa. And so, like, hey, we've never done that either. Um, but yeah, I don't know why it wouldn't work. Uh, and so we we get it on there. Put it on, boom, boom, boom. There we go. We're out making pizza, and uh, yeah. my my family and I we crack up sometimes because we've done, you know, I do team building with it, but you get asked to do a lot of other things. And we're in September. I'm doing a, a wedding. We're gonna cater a wedding, and we've done a bunch of stuff, but we kind of just look at each other and just kind of laugh and like, how the heck are we in this space? You know, we're making pizzas at home and now we're making, you know, 367 at a school, uh, 150 for this wedding coming up and a bunch of other stuff. And it's just, to me, it's just so much fun. You know, that's where we just edit, just like you using KDP to edit. Man, I make all kinds of mistakes. Uh, I made some terrible pizzas, let the peel sit on the on the the fire, the floor of the oven too long and go to scoop one up and it's just stuck and you got to dump them. I've dropped them, you know, just scooping them out of the oven because they're slippery, you know, and getting them on the mm-hmm. table. But you just, all right, let's just get another one, you know, and, and make it up. And what can you do? You know, you just yeah. got to move on. Yeah, no, I love it. And, you know, as as we're going through our episode, you know, it, it's, maybe I need to talk with Chris about this in production. We, because we live stream, because the format is, we do pick a title before, but, you know, and sometimes I consternate throughout the episode of, you know, this one's building strong teams. We haven't really talked about that, but at the same time, if you're listening and you're in the moment, I don't know how as a leader you haven't picked up useful stuff. 
So I don't know. Maybe maybe going forward, it's just Jeff Christian and Jeff G episode whatever. But either way, the lessons the lessons exist, right? Oh, and man. and I think that's something you know to to as we look to wrap up because we've talked about pizza, the connection to pizza, but now let's talk about your books for the youth that you're focused on. And actually, you're my second guest. Uh, my show two episodes ago, I had uh, Danny Brassel on, who's very focused on reading and the power of reading. And it's so funny. Another quote that came across my eyes this week is, and it was from Tracy Jones yesterday, in five years, you're changed because of the books you read and the people you meet. That's it. And that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Yeah. So, so connect the dots here for us on the, the, the book series, the Pizza Day series. And how it's helping uh, young kids out. Yeah. So, uh, again, just like you, you know, there was something inside you that you wanted to share and to leave behind, you know, so the end for me was knowing that the death is coming. And when I'm gone, will my kids and hopefully grandkids eventually have something to be able to say, hey, this is kind of what dad or grandpa stood for. And so selfishly, yeah, you know, that's one of the reasons why I wanted to, to write the book uh, or books. And then obviously, otherwise, I, I want to make a difference in, in the lives of youth and families, just like I'm trying to do, you know, in my own family. And so it's like, what a better way than to use, you know, the world's number one favorite food, pizza, and to tell that story about how it's transformed my life. And I'm not going to lie. Pizza has, has totally transformed how I look at life and not looking at a slice of pizza, but looking at everything that goes into getting that slice on a plate. And that's the whole pizza making process, you know, and so the books kind of are going to highlight different parts of that pizza making process. Uh, and the first one was just like an overview. We rise together and it's told from a third grade teacher's uh, point of view, Mrs. Rock. Uh, my mom, uh, her nickname was The Rock. Uh, and so uh, I combined her and then with another influential uh, educator that I had early in my life, Miss Diane Smooth. And so Mrs. Rock is in likeness to to those two powerful women. And then she just goes through about how you know, her students are struggling and they're blaming each other. They're not being kind to each other. And so she decides to use the pizza making process to help bring her students together and to help them rise together and to just jump to the end of that story. You know, I make sourdough pizza, sourdough. You need to feed the starter every day. And so the book really highlights the importance of feeding the starter. And I equate that to what are you taking on the daily to nurture your heart and soul? And so yeah. Mrs. Rock helps her students figure out what that action is for each one of them. And then it highlights, hey, here's the result of what them taking positive action has, how it has impacted their life in the best way possible. And then to fast forward real quick on Lucy's Secret Sauce, kind of goes into the creativity definition a little bit of sharing your gift. You know, and this is a, Lucy was my second boxer. And, uh, so I wanted to highlight a, a story, uh, that happened, uh, with her during the time that we, uh, had her in our life. 
And uh, it just talks about her secret sauce and then how her sharing her secret sauce with Mrs. Rock's fourth grade class allowed each student then to develop their secret sauce and to share, you know, with their classmates uh, and their families. So really cute uh, stories that uh, I think take a different spin uh, on pizza for sure uh, and life. And it's not just kids books. I mean, I use this book, you know, I've worked with a plastic surgeon team out of Minneapolis. Uh, They used the book. I worked with advanced practice uh, nurses uh, up in Sacramento. They use it, but there's all kind of uh, adult groups that use the book um, because there's good lessons in it. Sure. Yeah. I mean, the lesson's the lesson, right? It doesn't matter that it's animated book, cartoon book about a dog or about a third grade teacher. It's the lesson, right? It's just what it is. That's so cool. I love that you're doing that. I think, uh, I think our youth today, really at any age, need that kind of guidance um, from folks like yourself. And so thank you for being that change that those kids need to see. Uh, I appreciate that. I'd even, I'd even offer a little suggestion if I may. For sure. So when you're in a town, maybe you make up a little sign that says, or, you know, scan this QR code and make a donation and we'll get these books into your school district's library. And then on that form, they could fill out their school district, you know, what the name of it is, the address, et cetera. And then they, 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 you know, they donate the 20 bucks or whatever it is to get the book in. But I so believe that books like that are needed for kids because there's so many things that kids are seeing today in their education about the, the, the thematic thread is that failure is terrible and we will never let you fail. Whereas folks, I think like you and I say, no, let's fail right away. Mm-hmm. Let's, put, let's put the wrong piece of wood in and we'll learn from that. And, you know, let's, let's all right, pizza's on the ground. So what? We can, we can learn from that. It's just pizza. Yeah. Instead, instead, kids are taught, no, pizza can't ever let it hit the ground. Yeah. No, I totally agree. Yeah. I tell my athletes when I was coaching that fail and fail fast because you, know, you mm-hmm. learn what not to do, you know, and you, yeah. that gets you one step closer towards figuring out, especially if you're working on a, a kind of a detailed move. Uh, to, yeah, hey, just get out there and, and go make the mistake uh, and learn from it uh, and be aware of it and then try it again. Yeah, yeah, 100%. And, you know, the the fail fast, make more mistakes, you learn more from failure than from success. It's all cliched. So what? We got to hear it again and again because we each get in our own way and we forget mm-hmm. we forget those lessons. We forget that it's all right to fail. So I'm glad we got to touch on that as we look to wrap up our time, we didn't, we didn't, we talked a little bit about basketball, but you got a favorite memory from maybe those high school, college, or professional years that you want to share? Hmm. Uh, that's a good question and probably take a little bit of time. I think just a memory would be, you know, I host a, a podcast and I host it with my college roommate and best friend. And we met when we were 18 on the campus of uh, University of San Francisco. And I think, you know, thinking on my feet here, it would just be the friendship that you can create when you're going through life. And in this case, competition 
and being there to support each other and pick each other up and challenge each other. And then through all that, you know, I graduated in 92, whatever the math is on that 30 something years later to still be best friends, you know, and so sports, yeah, sports have been something that, uh, it's taken a toll on my body, but I wouldn't change it uh, for anything. There's just so many great lessons that come from that. Uh, and in this case, you know, a best friend. Yeah. Yeah. And is that, that podcast is life's essential ingredients podcast. Yeah. Yeah. That's very cool. How long you been doing that show for? Uh, so uh, we're in season three and, uh, so much fun, you know, just, just like you interviewing people all over the world, but just trying to have them share what's essential in their life and just have a yeah. good conversation, just like we did, you know, and just yeah. try and break it down one day at a time, one ingredient at a time. And hopefully the listener can take something to implement into their life or a thought that might challenge them to slow things down and focus on what's truly essential. Yeah. Yep. Man, I love all you're doing. We've had your information on screen, the whole show. Again, another great reason to watch because often you get into a show and you're like, I really like what this guy has to say. How the heck do I get a hold of him? Right. You're driving down. You can't really pull up show notes in your car, at least not safely. And, uh, but we've had that on the screen. So good reason to watch, but we do have it in the show notes. And, uh, for everybody else, you, know, you get on social, just search at C4, letter C, number four leaders. And then the website c4leaders.org and also pizzadays.org. So you can check out those various channels and ways to connect with Jeff. I would hope you do subscribe to his podcast, uh, Life's Essential Ingredients. Please do that. Sure, that's a great show because Jeff's been a great guest. And man, I really appreciate your time with me today. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for having uh, for having me on for doing all the work that you do. And yeah, listening to one episode, I'm definitely going to be a follower. Uh, I just love what you're standing for and how you allow the guests to share kind of what's on their heart and just love all that you're doing. And wish you the best with your book. Can't wait to, yeah, to get that and uh, and check it out. Yeah, I'll make sure uh, I'll make sure you know all about it. So, all right, all right, man. Thank you, thank you so much for your time pouring into our audience and loving on my audience. I appreciate that. All right, so thank you, thanks everybody for checking out this episode. We'll see you next week on the Big Ticket Life. Take care, everybody. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this episode of the Big Ticket Life. You've heard from another amazing guest living their own Big Ticket Life, and now it's time to live your. First, I'd love for you to take me up on my free gift to you. Find your gift at gift.thebigticketlife.live. That's gift.thebigticketlife.live. See, all your life you've been told what is and what is impossible by the loudest voices from the cheapest seats. It's time to finally do life and business on your terms. Sure, you've heard similar things, but without clarity on what can be done, It's easy to have your customers, employees, maybe even partners, and your spouse keep you from truly living a big ticket life. My big ticket methods shift you into that investor seat, in your business, away from commodity and away from competition, into a market of one, so you can finally live your own big ticket life. So my gift to you is for you to book your discovery call today, where we'll uncover first the Chivo behaviors, those chief everything officer behaviors, that hold you back and why moving into the investor seat in your own business is critical. 
two, we'll uncover the premium position that's up for grabs right now in your market that you're missing out on. And three, which big ticket methodologies are just waiting to be dropped into your business to explode your sales and profits. So again, thanks for listening to this episode. I'd love for you to take action right now. Accept this gift. Book your call. Go to gift.thebigticketlife.live. Again, that's gift.thebigticketlife.live.